Welcome back to episode 87 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things Draft FBL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for the first game week preview of the 22-23 season, going over waiver options, hidden gems, ones to dump and some sell high buy low targets ahead of game week one. So how did you all get on on draft day? Did you get a good position? Did you get some guys you really wanted? Or are you thinking you could have some work to do over the coming weeks? Either way, we've got you covered. And if you're listening to this, you'll no doubt have seen the new site and uh, maybe a few of you will have even signed up to have a look at what's inside. The best of draftfc.co.uk is still to come as the personal and global dashboards only really come to life once there are some matches played and points on the board. So you'll be able to see your live points during the game week, including provisional uh, bonus points while the matches are still being played. And once the waivers have been processed, you'll be able to see who the world brought in and who they threw away back into the waiver bin. If this is your first time listening to the podcast or you've only joined us this summer, let me talk you through our bread and butter content, which is the weekly preview podcast. So ahead of each game week, I'll go through some players I like the look of and hidden gems. Now, unlike normal fantasy content, this won't be tossing a coin between Salah and Son. I'll use the data on our global dashboard to only discuss players that are likely to be available in your leagues, making it relevant for your upcoming waiver claims. It's this very data you'll have access to if you sign up at draftfc.co.uk. There's nothing I can see that you can't. And for those in 16 team leagues, I'll be continuing my most hidden gem segment where I pick out a player owned in less than 10% of 16 team leagues, which as you can imagine means I have to really scrape the bottom of the barrel. Where I do think there are some relevant big names to discuss, I'll likely bring those into the trade chat section. Moving forward this season, I'd like to get you listeners more involved, particularly in the trading bit. So if there's a trade you want to hear me think aloud over in the next episode, send it through and I'll add it to the notes to discuss next week. I'm also going to mention here at the top of the show that we're going to be adding a predicted lineup section to the site. I know a few of you have asked for that already. Always something of interest to fantasy managers and it's something I'm actually finding quite fun to put together. This is, of course, as with everything, just our opinion and we'd encourage you to use it as just another piece of information to aid your decision making. There are, of course, other sites that do this and if we all agree, we might be onto something. But if everyone disagrees, there could be a reason for that and it may be that that's a player you want to wait on. We're always keen to hear from club experts. If you think we've got something wrong, do send us a message which is easiest to do via Twitter. Um, so go over there and give us a follow at draft underscore FC. Also, I should say now that all the picks I have coming up later in the episode um, are all guys I have to start in game week one. Um, but anyway, let's start getting into the nitty gritty. So I'm recording this episode on Tuesday, the 2nd of August. So any team news, injury developments, transfers uh, or press conference clues are up to date as of then. And of course, subjects change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include... Nathan Aki, Wesley Fofana, and one of my favourites, Nathan Collins. So let's get into it. So let's start with the fixture barometer. Now, last season, I felt the fixture barometer was getting a little bloated, and I'm conscious that listening to me reading lists and lists of fixtures, which you yourself can easily see, is not the best use of our time. So I'm going to be slightly more targeted uh, and only mention things that are noteworthy moving forward. So... Uh, Behind the likes of Man City, Leicester and Newcastle, I've got down, have the best chance of clean sheet in game week one. And I think both could have waiver options this week. More to come on that later. 
Leicester face Brentford at home while Newcastle welcome new guys Nottingham Forest for their first game back in the top flight. The only thing that could go against Newcastle here is the narrative element of a team who will be absolutely buzzing with an away crowd looking to give the Toonami a run for their money. Again, outside the obvious, City away to West Ham, Liverpool away to Fulham, Spurs at home to Southampton and Chelsea away to Everton, the bookies aren't predicting many high-scoring games. I think the aforementioned Newcastle fixture could see some goals if the occasion proves too much for Forest. I also think Villa away to Bournemouth could be enjoyable if Villa can hit the ground running with the right formula with their starting eleven. Into the main picks then, and first at the top of the tree, um, starting with the goalkeepers, is Bernd Leno. Currently, as we speak, technically still an Arsenal player, but it looks all but done that in the next few hours or by tomorrow, he will be a Fulham player. And I think there's absolutely no doubt he will go straight into the starting eleven uh, for their opening game. And uh, given, I know a lot of you will be in leagues of more than 10, um, a lot of you will have picked up Schmeichel on, on draft day, etc., um, he'll be someone that I'm sure a few of you will be after in the opening transactions. He was somebody that I mentioned in my goalkeeper preview pod as someone that I would have as the next best because that move did look very likely to happen sooner rather than later. So I'm sure many of you um, who were aware of that transfer news will have already got him already. But if you are in need of a keeper and he's available, um, he is someone you might want to prioritise for the opening transactions as he's someone that you're likely to keep all the way down to game week 38. Next is Nathan Aki. So, um, as I said, City have a really uh, good run of fixtures from the off. Slightly tricky opening day fixture away to West Ham. Um, but all reports and pre-season um, information seems to suggest that Aki will partner Diaz at the back while Laporte is still recovering uh, from an injury. He had to have an operation uh, on his knee towards the back end of last season. I think many had John Stones down to have it. And I think for most people, Stones ended up being drafted a lot higher than Aki. I had Stones higher than Aki in my draft rankings. But it doesn't look like we've seen a lot of stones. And so with all the information we've got available at the moment, I think it would be uh, easy to conclude that Ake will slot in at left centre-back, at least for that opening game week. And so as a streamable player goes, you're always going to want to get a starting Manchester City defender if you know they're going to play. Next, I'm going to mention the Leicester fullbacks, Justin and Castagna. Um, now in Leicester's final pre-season friendly game, uh, at the weekend, Ricardo Pereira picked up a, an injury to his Achilles. It was completely off the ball incident, which means you are slightly concerned that he's ruptured that Achilles, which means he's going to be out for a good few months, probably until after the World Cup, unfortunately, if that turns out to be the case. Really bad luck for a guy that's obviously been hampered with injuries already. All three of those fullbacks actually started that preseason friendly. Um, with Castagna actually slightly more further forward. But now I don't think there's much doubt who's going to play. So regardless whether they go with the back three or a back four, it's going to be Justin and Castagna as the fullbacks or wingbacks moving forward, which makes them both pretty safe picks. Leicester's opening two home games are very nice with Brentford at home in game week one and Southampton at home in game week three. If you were able to dovetail them with a Brighton defender, Brighton have some um, good home games as well in weeks two and four. And they have Newcastle at home and then Leeds at home. Brighton actually have then Fulham away before the two teams, Brighton and Leicester, actually play each other in game week six. So that could be a nice little rotation if you're able to, to have one of each. But certainly through those opening three game weeks, one of Justin or Castagna could be good for a few points. Next player is Sven Botman. 
one of Newcastle's new summer signings and seems to have just gone a little bit under the radar. It's obviously not a very glamorous signing compared to some of the others that have that have moved around, but 100% is going to be a starting centre-back for Newcastle this season. If he stays fit, I can see him playing the full stretch. He's still available in most leagues out there. I had a look on the Draft FC Global Dashboard just before prepping for the podcast. And depending on the league size, he's available in, in more than 50%. Newcastle have a really nice uh, set of fixtures pretty much for the opening 10 weeks. They've got the two um, obvious hard games in Manchester City in game week three and Liverpool in game week five. But aside from that, the other eight game weeks, the likes of Botman, you're going to be starting. And when it becomes clear who's going to partner him in that back four, whether that's Dan Byrne or Fabian Shah, they'll equally become uh, a good asset to bring in as well. Before I move on from the defenders, I also do want to mention another Leicester defender, and uh, that's Wesley Fofana. Now, The talks at the moment or the rumours at the moment are that he's subject to interest from Chelsea and considering where they're currently lacking in their centre-back department, they've obviously brought Koulibaly in who's more inclined to the left. They already have Thiago Silva to sit in the middle. I think Chalobah and Saar are pretty good backups for a back three, but really that right-sided centre-back position, I mean, there's even been talk of Reese James obviously slotting in there, which isn't ideal. When you consider that Fofana is still only 21 years old, what an incredible investment that could be. I think it would take a big, big transfer fee to prize him away from Leicester. And if you hear Leicester fans talking, they basically rate him as uh, as one of their best players at the moment and, and would be really sad to see him go. I think his value would go up exponentially if he moved to Chelsea because I think he would slot straight into that starting lineup and I think if Chelsea add Fofana plus another decent attacker before the window closes um, it puts them right back into uh, probably finishing third in the league in my opinion. Finally I want to mention Brendan Aronson another new signing this year for Leeds. Young American central attacking midfielder. I don't think there was much doubt already that he was going to be straight into the starting eleven. But had a really good game in their last preseason friendly on Saturday and got three assists, all for Rodrigo, funnily enough, who could be another one you want to consider, at least while um, the other new player, Sinistera, is injured. Um, but I think Aronson could be a real solid pick over the season. And uh, if Leeds are going to do well, then I think he needs to carry on showing the kind of form that he did in that recent game. As someone who drafted Sinestra on draft day, um, he is someone I'm considering as a like-for-like waiver ahead of game week one, while it doesn't look like Sinistera is going to be available for another two or three weeks. Let's move on to the hidden gem section. So the hidden gem section are players who all have generally less than 10% ownership in an average eight-team league. That's obviously subject to change depending on your league size, and these players will become harder to get as you get into larger leagues. The first one is Veltman for Brighton, and as I mentioned before, you could pick up the likes of Veltman to dovetail quite nicely with a Newcastle defender if you already have one. He's guaranteed to start, and once they come away from Old Trafford in game week one, They've basically got nice fixtures for, uh, well, all the way up to game week eight then um, before they have a little tricky run of Liverpool and Spurs. But yeah, a starting Brighton defender could do you a decent job for eight weeks if you wanted to get them in now. Next is one of my favourites, Nathan Collins, who uh, I've been waxing lyrical about this summer. Signed by Wolves from uh, from Burnley, obviously, for decent transfer fee, but I think he's well worth it. The rumours are that Wolves could be going to a back four this season and... Uh, He's 100% nailed on to start. It then becomes a question of Cody or Kilman. And uh, I was listening to the Planet FPL Wolves preview pod the other day. 
And the Wolves fan on there seemed to suggest that it would be Collins and Kilman starting, which uh, seems surprising because we're so used to Cody being a, basically an ever-present for that Wolves team. Um, but I can see it. If you want two guys who are actually decent on the ball, then then uh, Collins and, and Kilman would be the one. So I think Collins is still very much under the radar. Most people... Um, who aren't very active on, on social media or don't really consume a lot of content for FPL, probably won't have really acknowledged that transfer. But I think give it a couple of weeks once he starts racking up the minutes and the points and uh, there'll be many people after him. Next, I've got a few midfielders. Now, um, obviously, a huge amount of drafts happening over the last few days. Lots and lots of rate my teams uh, on social media. Lost count of how many I've probably commented on over the last few days. But one thing... Um, that I have commented on a couple is particularly around their fifth midfielder spot with someone who, quite frankly, is just a boring pick. The kind of pick who who's never really been a goer for, for FPL unless unless you get lucky. You know, the, I'm talking about the central midfielders, the Neves, Henderson, Hoiberg, guys like this who you know are going to play. So if, if all you're after is two points, three points here and there, fine. But I think ahead of game week one, we're looking to try and get on players who are going to suddenly hit the ground running and everyone's going to be after them. And I think there's not much point in in holding on to, say, one of those aforementioned players when we all know what the, what we can expect from them. They're always going to be available in the waiver pile. You can always get them later on if you really want them. So why not actually try someone who could get a few attacking returns and suddenly um, you've got a decent uh, you've got a player with some decent trade value who no one else really acknowledged on draft day. The first one is Miguel Almiron, one of the players who's been absolutely tearing it up in pre-season. He scored six goals and a couple of assists, which is as good as any of the numbers you'll find out there. I still think that right-hand side is an area of weakness for Newcastle. And they're obviously quite heavily linked with Madison at the moment, who could very easily play there and, and be a massive upgrade on the likes of Almiron and Fraser. But I think as it stands for game week one, it's 100% going to be Almiron starting on that right-hand side. And as I said, with that opening game fixture at home to Nottingham Forest, um, obviously massive expectation on Newcastle this season. An informed Callum Wilson in the middle, Bruno Gamares pulling the strings uh, in the middle. You know, he could easily have two or three games where he absolutely goes off. Absolutely not one I'm condoning to hold on to down the stretch, but certainly if even if you're just looking at it for a one-week punt because you've you know you've got a midfielder that's injured or you're not happy with, then uh, yeah, you could easily make a case for him. Next is Stuart Armstrong. Now, you may want to wait a week for Stuart Armstrong, but he could be quite difficult to get hold of uh, next week, potentially. It looks like Southampton are going to line up with a back five this season or a back three, depending on how you look at it, uh, with Walker-Peters and either Perrault or Gineppo as the left wing back. And it will then be either a, a 5-2-3 or 5-3-2. Either way, Stuart Armstrong looks set to be um, quite far forward. So if they play with a front two... It could very well be that uh, that he's in that front too. So he'd basically become an out-of-position player playing as a forward. And even if they play with a 5-2-3, he would be in one of those advanced, probably from the left uh, attacking spots with a rebo on the other side. Now, a rebo is someone who I would keep an eye on and I am keeping an eye on, but I think might be too, too soon to, to pick him up unless you're in say a 16 team league and you really do have to move quickly on players like that obviously they do have Spurs away in the opening week which is one of the worst fixtures for them on paper but after that they've got Leeds at home and Leicester away now if Fafana leaves um, that becomes a lot more interesting for them in an attacking sense and also Leeds at home who've got loads of injuries at the back lots of new faces to try and integrate again that could be uh, a game in which they have a quite a lot of joy in 
So have a look at your team, have a look at your midfield. If you think you could hold on to Stuart Armstrong on the back of the bench this week, then he could be um, a nice one ready-made for next week. But if you have a look at your team and um, there's a few questionable players in there in terms of will they start or not, probably don't want to rely on Stuart Armstrong bringing you two points in game week one. Finally, uh, I'm going to go to Wolves, who a lot of, lot of talk about Wolves um, based on their fixtures um, from the start. Got Leeds and Fulham in the opening two. Tricky game away to Spurs. Um, then have Newcastle, Bournemouth and Southampton. So not a bad opening six. Obviously, Jimenez has been injured in pre-season. Um, do feel sorry for him. Obviously, back uh, last season from that nasty head injury and, and he's going to be out of the team for a little while again. So remains to be seen um, how they're going to line up. As I mentioned a minute ago, has been some conversations that they line up with a back four um, and move to a, a 4-3-3. Fabio Silva's obviously just left on loan, so they're not actually left with many options up front, and I feel they probably are short there and need to bring in um, another centre-forward. So I would imagine Podence probably lines up as a as a nine or a false nine. Neto's obviously going to play. So if Podence was available, I would definitely consider picking him up, but he's not actually the guy I'm mentioning now because his ownership's quite high. No, the player I'm going to mention now is uh, Morgan Gibbs-White, who's a name we're all familiar with, but... Um, just haven't really seen the guy for for a while. He's obviously been at, at Wolves for quite a long time now. He's still only 22. Was on loan at Sheffield United last year and he got 20 attacking returns from uh, 35 games. But he's just never really been able to do it in the Premier League yet. I mean, the, the last time we saw him properly in the Premier League, he was still just a teenager um, when he got a decent run of games. But I think this could be his breakout season. And, and with the fact that they still just don't really have a huge amount of quality up front, unless they sign anyone, I feel that they are going to have to turn to him uh, to uh, to do something this year. And it is a bit of a cheat, but as uh, as I've just mentioned him, um, I'm going to have to put Gibbs White as my most hidden gem this week. He's owned in less than 10% of 16 team leagues. And I think if he goes in the starting 11 in game week one, he's definitely someone I'd grab um, just, to, just to hold on to and have a try for a few weeks after that. Quickly run through the get rid list then. Obviously, Schmeichel sounds like he's being sold to Nice. I actually saw that Aaron Ramsey um, has just joined Nice. So they're obviously up to something this year. Uh, Harry Wilson picked up an injury for Fulham. He's probably not worth holding on to. Sinestro, as I mentioned, has got a hamstring issue. Could be out for a few weeks. Again, probably not worth holding on to. Ricardo Pereira, as I mentioned, he needs to go. Shelby, I doubt many of you will have picked up John Joe Shelby, but it looks like he's going to be out for a little while. Uh, Agward for West Ham, their new centre-back. It's not new news, but um, there would have been many that picked him up in the early draft days. He's going to be out probably until the World Cup, unfortunately. Adama Traore is out for a few weeks with a with a hamstring injury. Uh, another reason why I think Gibbs White could very much be thrown straight into the starting eleven. And then finally, the, the other players have gotten the get, get rid list are, are Crystal Palace defenders. And I think if you're in any league, particularly 12 teams or less, there will be better defenders to stream, uh, either just for game week one or just the opening few weeks in general. Aside from Southampton and Fulham, um, please consider dropping their defenders too if you own any. Palace do have the worst projected clean sheet chances uh, over the opening five game weeks. A real tough run for them. And yeah, I don't think you're going to be really wanting to start any of their defenders for a good five or six weeks. So so get rid. So that's it for this episode. And for those wondering, yes, there is a waiver deadline ahead of game week one. The site's just being a little sluggish to update with the usual deadlines. So as as per usual, that will be 24 hours before the main uh, game week deadline. So 
The game week deadline is at 6.30 on Friday evening UK time. So the waivers will be processed at 6.30 in the evening on Thursday the 4th of August. And for the first week, the waiver order will be in reverse draft order. So as I picked in 11th out of 11 for my league, I will get the first priority and it will then go up the list and so forth. And then from game week two, it will be reverse league order. If you like the sound of the podcast and are keen to hear more of these previews as the season goes on, make sure you follow or subscribe on whichever platform you're using to listen. And for those who have listened and followed for a little while thinking, well, I've already followed, so I don't need to do anything. The next best thing you can do is leave us a review on whichever platform you're using, whether that's just a like, a thumbs up, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a proper review. Just helps to get the podcast out there, you know, for any new listeners potentially showing up, they'll see that uh, other people seem to like it. Of course, as I've mentioned at the beginning and throughout, please do check out draftfc.co.uk and sign up there for stuff that you can't get anywhere else, particularly the personal and global dashboard, um, which are going to really come to life in the next couple of weeks. Um, As we've said in our relaunch podcast recently, that is now behind a paywall. We just have to because otherwise it's just not sustainable to, to keep the site running with all the server and processing power that we need, as well as our time. But if that's something you're not up for, there's still plenty on there. As I said, there's there'll be the uh, the lineup predictions, which you should be able to access, and all of our uh, content and blog articles you'll be able to access, and of course this podcast, which will remain free. Do follow us on Twitter at draft underscore fc. It's probably the place we're most active and the easiest place to get hold of us if you need to send us anything, whether that's a trade that you want us to value, a comment on the site, or just a simple question on on a waiver choice that you're trying to decide on. So that is it for the first game week preview of the season. And what I will say before I wrap things up is that if you're completely happy with the 15 that you've drafted, um, you've not managed to uh, pick up anyone with an injury or someone that's going abroad or moving team or whatever, you don't have to make any waivers ahead of game week one. If you're happy with your squad, you're happy with the 11 you can field, leave it alone. But equally, um, it is worth just logging back in because many will have done their drafts um, and then logged off and forgot about it and de-stressed for the week but do log back in actually see what your starting 11 is going to be check that the first guy off the bench is worth coming on and if you went for for a name rather than a fixture you know if you picked up a gay or an anderson or a mitchell from palace um, because you just fancy them this season they're probably going to be someone that you want to drop in favor of a better fixture i'm also aware that some of you haven't had your draft day yet so best of luck for that um, probably the best time to draft because you've got as much information as possible ahead of the season kicking off on Friday. Do head over to all our draft day content on Draft FC. Um, if you are yet to do that, there's my full rankings on there. And there's also the draft dashboard, which gives you an average pick list from all the drafts that have happened around the world. So plenty to get your teeth into there. But for the rest of you, do get your starting 11 sorted. Don't forget to pencil in any waivers if there are guys that you'd rather own. And as always, stay shook.